Welcome to SEO Conspiracy.com. And today we are starting a brand new series. I call it SEO Stories. Which means we will document, we will explain where do we come from. And obviously, Google and SEO are interlinked together. And who else than Mr. Bill Swarski could I invite <laughs> on the podcast? Hello. Hello, Mr. Bill. And it's going to be funny because we, called, we record this one after the second one where you have long hair, I have different beards. So <laughs> 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 Don't mind us. But yes, yes, yes. Thank you for coming in because I, I, I can't find anybody else. Uh, and Larry Page didn't want to come in. <laughs> <laughs> He's still on vacation, huh? Uh, yeah, he has better things to do uh, right now. Uh, but the, the fact is that SEO stories, nobody really, except you, documented since you started in June 2005, if, if I'm correct. On my website, yes. Yes. June 2005, and we are at the end of 2020, and you've documented everything as far as patents but not only because what's on your blog are patents but right. behind the blog post there is a tons of research there's a tons of thought process and so on i, uh, I, I tried to bring some of my experiences into mm -hmm. the blog post too yeah but I, I don't think people realize that well first uh, writing a, a, a blog post like this, synthesizing scientific concepts into words that uh, SEOs uh, like me could understand is remarkable. But the, the way you approach it, can you please tell us what goes on before the patent? All the how you profile the scientists and the scientific papers. Okay, well, uh, I usually search through patents, the granted patents and the published patents. Published patents are ones that haven't been granted yet. Every week to see what's new. And I'll read through four or five or six or so before I decide to write about any. Uh, I'll find ones that I think that are interesting and worth writing about, and I'll uh, cut and paste them into Notepad. And then I'll start... Mm going through them, deleting redundant language and legalese, and, and trying to capture the ideas themselves, adding headings, uh, reorganizing, and doing research on, on the people and the concepts involved. If, if the concept is one that there might be white papers on, written by the inventors even, I'll, I'll search for them. Uh, because sometimes it's good to have... Uh, scientific papers to go along with the patents. Uh, I've noticed I tend to get better luck finding those if I'm writing about a Microsoft patent than a Google patent. They tend to write papers before they write the patents. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, I guess they have more, more researchers. Well, today we will uh, give a lot of value to our listeners here because we will explain to them how Google works and the secrets of SEO. Uh, but I, I, I want to go back on, you just mentioned it, yeah. but in my opinion, it's one of the most important thing that one should do when doing scientific research. Or, or, I mean, researching people who did scientific research is the profiling of that scientist. Right. So one of my favorite uh, patent writers is Tristam Upstill, who has been at Google for maybe 15 years, but at one point in time was the head of core web search at Google. And so when he writes a patent during the time he was head of core web search on something like uh, how Google might use authority to rank web pages, I want to read that. Mm. Knowing that he 
played that role at that company. And when he was the head of Core Web Search, wrote a paper about how authority was being used instead of information retrieval score or page rank, uh, but rather an understanding that, that a site like CDC was an authority on medical issues. And he points that out in that patent. This is an authoritative site on medicine. Mm -hmm. So we know that because we look at the uh, uh, terms that it ranks for. Mm -mm. The patent also is uh, very limiting. Uh, the scientific papers, uh, and we were talking before, where sometimes it's too freestyle, the scientific paper, and, and it feels like the scientist wants to, uh, I don't know, invent in all its own language or its own way of explaining things. A lot, but, a lot of times you have scientific papers that are based upon scientific papers that are based on scientific papers. <laughs> and you fall down rabbit holes that you just can't escape from. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we that's the only thing we had. People, people can't understand how valuable. Let me just show one example. I, I was planning on showing it later, but we'll start with this, okay? Because SEOs from all over the world, if you want to dream of making millions from reading <laughs> one blog post, here it is. I read this. I read this in 2006 on February 21st, the day it came out, and I applied it on <laughs> February 22nd. This was uh, the position zero before the position zero, and the little uh, personal anecdote is that it was the beginning of online poker. It was the rise of online poker, and I was doing, uh, of course, affiliate links with online poker. Everybody was searching about the rules, how to play. I made a lot of money, sir. Thank you very much, Bill, <laughs> for oh, <yeah>. this post. <laughs> so, so this patent was one of the first that was actually more like a roadmap of how to do a specific thing than mm -hmm. any other patent I've come across since. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I tell you exactly. Okay, you got to put these words and format it, like it, this. You, you put the term to mm -hmm. be defined in mm -hmm. one type of font, one color, even, yeah. but one style. So, so you bold a defined term, and then you follow with the definition. You uh, explain it in a different font, in a different uh, container, so that Google knows they're not once the term being defined, once the definition. You 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 hesitate instead of putting uh, C and then colon and then a link. Uh, you don't do that because Google then doesn't believe that you're the authoritative source for definitions. This was two thousand six, and where we live today with the structured data and schema.org is the same move, I guess. It's, uh, it's been that the same trend since, uh, it's, since the beginning. It's Google, Google understanding, uh, the way you're laying out data mm -hmm. in a structured format. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jason does that, but it's a script, not on page. Uh, Google maps use Google local search would do that with, addresses for uh, mm. businesses. If you put the address in postal code format, Google had a data web crawler, uh, a, a data wrapper, it would find addresses by looking for the format. Mm. And, and th that was a precursor to schema mm -hmm. because they no longer uh, would crawl unstructured data on a page to try to find structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a big move, uh, and it's um, not going away anytime soon because when we'll have augmented reality and all that stuff. <laughs> well, let's. You know what? We 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 need to talk about the past, not the future. So, <laughs> okay. Oh, are you are you having your usual uh, 
phone call when we start a, a podcast usually you have someone somebody calling you <laughs> no no it's just uh on my screen in the bottom right corner is where all the notifications pop up and it's often the uh, same section where many websites want you to type things oh uh, so <laughs> you're typing and, and uh all of a sudden these notifications start popping up and it's you get get a you know good 24 inch screen and the bottom right inch or two is the most active part of it true true but but i'm waiting for the call because usually there's somebody trying to sell you something calling <laughs> right about now <laughs> <laughs> But listen, uh, in, in a couple of seconds, we will talk about PageRank. <laughs> PageRank, everything you know about PageRank. But let's just say a couple of words about before. Why, what made Google so revolutionary in the world of search engines? What was the big thing? compared to before? The big thing was uh, most search engines were using the information retrieval score to rank web pages, but they would find as many pages that fit that information retrieval score and ranked and give you a big list. And they could have been uh, uh, organizing that list alphabetically for all the value it gave you. I, I didn't even study that much the old, the old search engine, but did they even read the content or was, was it just the meta information? I'm not sure. Sites like, sites like AltaVista were reading the content. Mm. Okay, so they were, they were already going that far, but uh, the breakthrough was indeed... And Larry Page didn't really invent the page rank. Uh, it's, uh, you will tell us who, who, I forgot his name, the guy who uh, before Larry Page um, thought about this idea that who is talking about you might also uh, give a good value, a good uh, vote of uh, trust or popularity or whatever you want to call it. So who is talking about you and how they're talking about you translated to, to the web is what made the difference with, uh, with Google. But, but that was just a, a concept. That was just a project in college. The big breakthrough was when Yahoo partners with Google. Everybody knows the, the early story of, of, uh, of Google uh, in 1986, how uh, instead of selling the technology, they started their own. But it's really when Yahoo started to push forward um, Google that growth came. And of course, because it was the best uh, product back then, um, it, it, uh, it made a difference. But then um, the question here is, let's use your paper as a, as a base for the discussion of this uh, famous page rank. And you wanted to go straight to, do, to the 2006 version. But before, uh, uh, yes, just please a word about the, the Larry Page uh, version. And, and um, if I remember correctly, he, he uh, strongly inspired himself from somebody else's work who, whom I can't remember. He was a Chinese inventor mm. who, who had a similar uh, process. I, I don't recall his name. Uh, but the concept behind PageRank was based upon scientific citations and and scientific papers often contain footnotes mm -hmm. and then they looked at those footnotes those citations in those footnotes and said okay the best papers tend to be linked to by footnotes so 
what if we did the same type of thing with web pages? Where the links from web, page, web pages, the best links are the ones that uh, point out the best papers, the best web pages. Of course. Now, now it makes sense today, but back then it was groundbreaking. It was, and, and the earliest uh, search results from Google actually showed little page rank indicators within the results themselves, mm -hmm. at least in the first provisional patent for uh, Google, for Backrub, that is, which was the original name for Google. Uh, and, and I was convinced that Amit Single was the one who rewrote uh, that version. I was really surprised to uh, to read that uh, Amit Single had nothing to do with this uh, this new page rank. Or did he? So this was uh, as we discovered in in Hacker News last year. Google stopped using their version of PageRank, the original version of PageRank in 2006, and they replaced it with a different version. Uh, that, note. That's because, oh, I know why the confusion, because Amit Single was the head of search back then, and uh, he's the one who... who uh, who said, okay, this is the evolution of search, this is the evolution of page rank. So that's why I think I was confused. Well, it's been a while, wow. <laughs> now that I'm trying to remember things, I'm like, wow, this, uh, it's been a bunch of years. Uh, 2000, I started in 2004, so to 2020, 16 years. Yeah, I'm getting old. Memory, memory is a, uh, is a, uh, is quitting, uh, but we can agree that Amit Single was was most definitely a, a key um, pillar in in the way uh, Google, the search engine, was um, was heading. He 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 really. Uh, he, he came up with some of the key ideas that led to some things like the development of uh, uh, synonyms. To replace words in queries, mm -hmm. uh, that was something he did early in 2003 or so. That mm -hmm. ended up leading to things like hummingbird and rank brain, even. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that process of rewriting. Uh, he had to leave, uh, let's say, abruptly Google, to <laughs> but uh, he f he uh, didn't leave. Uh, yeah. Do you think that this kind of because now that uh, Pragbakar Ragwaba ah, no I missed Pragbakar Ragavan is on board and supposedly will fix everything, <laughs> there was this floating peer era where Ben Ben Gomez uh, took over and and uh, uh, it seems like they. So, so Pragbabar has been referred to as the cleaner. Yes. At Google because <laughs> he fixes problems. Yes. He's the one who, uh, who fixed uh, G Suite, the cloud, <laughs> uh, yeah. ads. So, yeah. But before then, let's, let's go back to the adaptive page rank. Yes, 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 yes. Because please explain so, to us how it works. So, so page rank itself was a very iterative process. It meant uh, going through all these web pages that were linked to each other and calculating a probability that someone might, if they if they click on any link on a web page following the random surfer model, they might end up at another web page. Uh, and and that that probability was page rank. Okay, just so, hold, hold so, that thought. Everyone, so, hold that thought. Random Surfer, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit. So just hold that thought. Please, <laughs> keep, keep on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so this, was, this approach to PageRank, an adaptive PageRank, used a lot more estimation and cut down on re, uh, iteration of, of uh, scores. Uh, it, it made it faster. 
It, it, it cut out like 30% of the work. Yes, I looked at it. Uh, so, so it, it's it's getting a little bit technical. Um, yeah. It was it was the end something that they cut cut out, and basically what they figured out is, well, the web is getting bigger, and <laughs> we need to uh, save money uh, and and time because page rank is pretty costly to uh, to go to compute, if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember the Google dance? Yes. It so was... the Google dance wasn't the event at uh, San Jose. It was the uh, where a bunch of SEOs <laughs> went to uh, Mountain View and danced. It was uh, the time when Google would batch update web pages every five weeks or so. And during the five-week period, the periods where they would do the updates, rankings for pages would fluctuate wildly. Mm. And, and that was referred to as dancing, Google dancing. And it was refreshing the, the toolbar page rank. Right. But, but part of the reason why they had to do batch updating like that was because page rank was such a computationally expensive process mm -mm. that they, they had no other choice. Mm -mm. And once it get past PageRank being that expensive to do in terms of time and effort and so on, they were able to update pages more quickly. Mm -mm. Now, PageRank uh, in itself, of course, won't build a search engine. But if um, it's in 2018 that the page rank became the page rank pattern uh, became open to uh, to the public, right? The, the um, uh, it expired. So so now, if a search engine uses that pattern, uh, does that make sense? Is it totally outdated? Do you think that? Google developed in-house a version that you don't see on patents or anywhere on the publicly. So, so Matt Cutts wrote a blog post at one point in time where he admitted that the page rank that was designed or developed by Lawrence Page, once it became, once they applied it, it changed considerably mm. because the actual implementation of uh, an algorithm like that is going to uh, face the reality of having to work for lots of people and they're mm -hmm. going to have to make changes to it. So what was originally in the PageRank patent has been updated by continuation patents over the years, but it's likely that actual uh, implementation, making additions. Uh, I, I heard a, a presentation from, uh, I think, John Mueller a couple weeks ago where he said in the last year we've done uh, over 3,600 updates to Google's core ranking algorithms. Uh, and that's what happened to PageRank, too. They updated mm -hmm. it. And continues. So if they follow what's in the patent, they can capture the basic ideas, but they actually have to get it working. And, and that's going to deviate from what's actually on the paper in the patent. Patent's not a roadmap of how uh, something works. It's a discussion of how it works. It, it describes it in some depth. If you know something about search engines and you read a patent, uh, you get a good sense of how it's working, but it doesn't tell you everything. There's also a big misconception about PageRank in the SEO industry because, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it, because you have this, uh, I guess it's, it's from Wikipedia or something like that, this image of... Uh, uh, the the hold on, let me find it. Let me find. Okay, <laughs> this is the image I was referring to. This one on the right. Yeah. Um, the problem there is here is that it's not really a good uh, interpretation of the PageRank formula because if you consider that this little note uh, in the PageRank formula where it says the sum of the PageRank of all the 
pages is equal to one. We could define it more like uh, a little bit like blockchain. Okay, you have X yeah. millions of, of uh, uh, bitcoins, and then it's like a currency that you exchange amongst each other. But people tend to forget that PageRank has to come from somewhere originally, right? Well, yeah. well, this image is uh, is misleading. What do you think? You remember doorway pages? Yeah. So the concept behind doorway pages was to keep on building new web pages to generate new page rank. Mm -hmm. And they would build really low quality pages that linked to another page with certain anchor text to try to get that page being linked to more page rank and more hypertext relevance. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Google said, no, we're going to start penalizing uh, when that happens because we don't want people just generating page rank like that. And it was possible to. Uh, yeah, I actually personally uh, met those, uh, well, they, they were PhDs and engineers and they never heard of backlinks because they were scrappers, okay? They were scrapping classified and they were building this humongous website, like millions and millions of pages. Uh, I'm talking about okay, <laughs> when back back in the days when it worked, <laughs> not not anymore. So yeah, they were self uh, page rank sufficient, I guess. They they didn't need uh, external uh, page rank from uh, coming from. And we will talk more about how to manipulate maybe the page rank through the reasonable server. But that's coming up in a couple of minutes because well, I, first. I think I think the reasonable surfer removes some of the ability to manipulate page rank. Exactly. If but if you do it right, uh, if if you don't want to manipulate page rank, but if you want to do things right, uh, it will work in your advantage. But first, first, yeah. Let's talk about. Let's start cursing uh, SEO myth. This channel is called SEO conspiracy. <laughs> And the inspiration for this channel was one myth, one, which is domain authority, which is my pet peeve, Dixon Jones' pet peeves. Um, you have LSI, I think, in number one, <laughs> but I think domain authority is probably not too far. Yeah, it it bugs me when, when someone says it's LSI at work, it's okay. So it's got the word semantic as one of the reinitialism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it that doesn't mean that everything that's semantic yeah. has something to do with latent semantic index. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, LSI LSI is definitely your number one. <laughs> if you figure out what that means and define it, I'll listen to you. But most people I ask to do that have no idea. <laughs> But, but domain authority is, uh, is another big one. Um, and so domain authority was uh, something that Moz came up with at one point in time as a way to simplify the uh, discussions about getting links from different sites. They, they wanted to have a way to compare uh, understanding how much uh, value you would get in getting a link from one site compared to another by giving domain authority scores to each of those sites. It, it was a very, it was a simplification of how PageRank works. And uh, Google doesn't use domain authority itself. I mean, PageRank is named after Larry Page, which is why it's called PageRank, but it also ranks pages not websites we uh we we talk about it at some other point but maybe we'll we'll need to talk about it again today yeah. you know the split the other paper by Sergey Brin you know what paper I'm talking about <laughs> if we have time but let let's stay on this domain authority thing because here you wrote about this um, on, so, yeah, please go ahead. Explain to us what, what's going on here. So what, what Google said was we can rank pages based on things like page rank, 
but then we can re-rank those pages based upon links between each of the pages. So, so if you have, say, 100 pages that all rank for the same term or phrase, like Christmas trees, and then you look at all the links for the top 100 pages about Christmas trees and look at how they link to each other and re-rank those pages based upon those new links. It's sort of a local interconnectivity concept. Uh, and re-rank those, uh, you'll get them ranked differently than your original ranking. And re-ranking is not an unusual concept. I've written a number of uh, posts about how sites re-rank uh, each other. Uh, so this concept was, it's, it's based upon links. Again, it's, it's, it's not doubling the value of page rank for pages that are linked to other pages. It's, it's saying, okay, we're going to take a narrow scope, a narrow niche, a local uh, ranking mm -hmm. based on topics. And we're going to see which are the pages that tend, because they're sort of expert type pages. There are pages by a specific topic and they link to other pages. So the pages they link to are probably worth more. In plain terms, um, why, why do you think, maybe it sounded sexy, maybe SEOs wanted to believe that the domain holds some magic power or some uh some some domains uh, are more trusted or more uh powerful than others but where they are mistaken is that the homepage <laughs> is most likely the strongest page of the website but if you have a page let's say you have a you have a you have a, a link on the page from um I don't know, CNN.com, okay? Or Fox News, depending on which side you're on, I don't care. <laughs> but, but, but that page is not linked, or, or WordPress.com is an example. I think, no, I think you get links from the, from the tags. But if, if the page is not linked from the rest of the website and it does not receive any backlinks, so it's by itself, where is the value of being attached to the domain? Does so it hold? I missed, I missed the Google uh, PageRank toolbar for Internet Explorer because you can learn a lot about how websites work. I, I did work on a website that had a page that was higher ranked than the homepage. I did too. Ranked higher than the homepage was a, a page that contained a currency converter. Mm. <laughs> smart, smart one. We, we had uh, other e-commerce websites linking to our page about uh, the, our currency converter page because they wanted their customers to uh, translate uh, the cost of things they had for sale into other uh, currencies. Mm -hmm. so know how much they had to pay for something. So... Uh, that page ranked our homepage, and we uh, carefully linked from that page to other pages that we want to rank higher mm. on our site. We took advantage of that page rank. We were page rank sculpting. Uh, so, the, and and the example of many many uh, like like Blogspot. So you have a, a Blogspot subdomain, I, I believe, or no? It's a directory. Uh, I even don't remember. No, I think it's a directory. Uh, there, there's Blogspot. It, it, I mean, regardless, um, if you don't get any any love, if you don't get any any links from the main domain, whatever prestige or whatever authority score you want to give to that domain the page is not worth anything uh, without in internal links without and or backlinks any page uh doesn't yeah doesn't matter what domain it's attached to it, it doesn't have any value 
So now, this also the problem I have. So number one, the problem yeah. I have with domain authority is people using domain authorities as a currency to sell links and so on. Meaning, okay, here is, I can put a link on Forbes.com. Okay. Yeah. But the link will be so hidden or not even linked to, to, to Forbes. So how does it help? And second, so, so even if people want to use those cores, please yeah. use them on a page level, not on a domain level. And second is the way those scores are made. It's a secret sauce by SEO magicians who, uh, I don't know, they don't tell us. It's, it's, better, it's better getting a link to your site from a popular page on another site, even if that site isn't that popular itself. Mm. If a, a link from the most popular page on a average website is better than a link from an unpopular page on a very good website. And we have <laughs> that's definitely something like okay, do, do what I do what I say, don't do what I do. But we both have blogs, old blogs. <laughs> It, that's not an ideal structure. People are wasting also uh, by not working out well uh, internal uh, linking. For example, a blog is fine for a personal diary, but the, the, the fact that you classify the post by date has no value from a relationship point of view, you know? I mean, the, I, don't, I think, for, in my opinion, the blog structure is uh is not good for seo like an e-commerce or so it depends on how well you connect what you've written in the past i'm writing a blog post now on uh google using machine learning to identify opinions in articles and they want to uh show in search results opinion based news because they want to add more diversity to those news sources. So first thing I did in writing this was saying, okay, I wrote about how Google identifies top stories for news. I'm going to link to that post. And I'm going to link from that post, which I wrote a year ago, to this new post. So right away, it's going to get more linking value because it's going to rank higher because it's got some links. You, you do that a lot in your uh, post manually. But the yeah. problem is people will get like a related post plugin and that doesn't work very well. But now when I work with uh, WordPress and I, uh, I developed a plugin to do that, I use yeah. the pages, not the post because I don't want to have the dates uh, hierarchy. I want to classify my, my content differently than by date. But regardless, um, today, even today in 2020, especially big sites, they are sitting on a hidden treasure, on a hidden page rank treasure and a hidden um, plain how you need to take control over your website and do good content, especially with all the content you have, you already analyze which page, which page or which post is the leader and which has, you have the parent, you have the child, it's all in your head. I see it in the way you interlink your, your content. You have a very clear view, but that's you. What about regular people? <laughs> <laughs> What well, well, advice would you give? Even because it it seems like common sense. Okay, you're gonna link this to that, but if you have to give one advice to uh, one metric, what what should people rely on to decide uh, what what link makes sense between two uh, two pages? When you're writing something. Search for it on your website. Search for what might be related 
understand your website and, and take advantage of it. Mm. Understand those connections as you're writing something new. Because if you can work them together, uh, build those connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting. You're, you're giving value to the, your readers. Mm-hmm. You're saying, okay, this this could be approached a little bit differently. And, and Google probably did about 10 years ago and they tried this approach. I, le- I wrote about it here. Mm. You give context. Yeah. So next, um, before we move on to the reasonable surfer, yeah. can you please tell us about the random surfer and why yeah. the random slash reasonable surfer is so important linked to the page rank? So Google sometimes creates models of searcher behavior and how they expect people to search. Uh, and these influence their ranking algorithms, uh, especially once dealing with links. The random surfer model said somebody might come to a web page, click on any link on that web page, and go somewhere else. Mm. What is what are the odds that someone clicks on any link on your web page and ends up arriving at your site, your page? Th- those odds we're, we're uh, calling page rank. We're, we're, we've metric that describes it, that uh, is based on how links are interconnected to each other on the web of links, the connection of links and uh, a collection of nodes, which are pages, and links between them. At some point, uh, the higher your page rank, the higher your odds are of somebody ending up on your website following a random surfer model. And then so, came our friend. So somebody at Google said, okay, that's not how people uh, click on links. They don't mm. choose links at random. They actually like look at the page, look at what the anchor text is, uh, how large the fonts are, uh, what color they are, stuff like that. And, and that describes how likely it might be that somebody clicks on a link. So we're going to try what we're calling a reasonable surfer model. And a reasonable surfer model pays attention to different features associated with links, like the locations on on page that a link might be at. Like if you look at this page, it's more likely that somebody might click on a link that's within the main context, the middle of the page, rather than one of the right sidebar items. And that's uh, Jeff Dean, who... uh who uh jeff dean the guy who's in the google brain team right now yeah uh so so definitely not uh (laughs) he he he's uh he's been in search since the beginning right (laughs) he's 30 years yeah he's been one of the early people at google 22 years yeah so what's very interesting here is that the um, the placement of the link on the page suddenly yeah. makes uh, sense because there is context. And even f- furthermore today where Google can analyze even better the content, what comes before and after the link and where stands the link is huge. It's very, very important and it does make a difference. And that's thanks to the uh, to the reasonable surfer, uh, but how does that link with the page rank? He, uh, the, the the can I can I use the image of the reasonable surfer as a as a backpack with the page rank? <laughs> it carries around. Or <laughs> so so. Google will look at anchor text and say, okay, what. Are the odds that someone's going to click on your link to your privacy policy? Mm. Probably not the most important thing, but for some people it is, and some people will click on that link. 
Most people won't. But it doesn't influence the, the page rank distribution because the terms of service page will get as much page rank as, as the, I don't know, the blog link. So, so the reasonable surfer model specifically points at terms of service and says, okay, we're not, not going to pass much page rank through that. It does. Yeah. It, it, it pulls, it, it calls that one out. It says, no, nah, that's, that's one of those that we don't give much page rank to. Mm. Uh, when people were under the random surfer model, when people were doing page rank sculpting, that was the one that they would purposefully no follow up. Mm. Oh, and that's the, yeah. Let, let's go back. Let's go back in history for a second here. I want to pull the Matt Cutts article when he got mad about page rank sculpting and no follow. Yeah. Uh, can Can you please tell us for? So, so, so that's, that's the one where he started out by saying, okay, from the day that we launched PageRank, it was different than what was on paper because we had to actually implement it in the real world. It was no longer just theory. So, yeah, the nofollow is what I call the, the condom of the web, <laughs> meaning yeah. it cuts off the, the page rank. Okay, Matt Cutts is not ranking for Matt Cutts anymore. <laughs> search engine land <laughs> took over. Okay, hold on. Let me search. So, uh, yeah, the, the condom of the web uh, appeared, and it started uh, with a good idea. But then people started using, using the nofollow attribute to sculpt, meaning to, to, um, to drain or to drive page rank in certain directions and to cut off the flow of page rank. Uh, typically on an e-commerce website, you would send page rank towards certain categories and, and cut it off uh, from others. And then... Uh, People using JavaScript on mm -hmm. click events to avoid passing page rank through links. So that's when uh, Matt Cutt got pissed. <laughs> he said, <laughs> party's over, guys. <laughs> Distribution says the same. No follow or not no follow will not make a difference. Uh, well, no, I think it counts a little bit less. Uh, but anyway, it was a, it was a good trick. <laughs> it was a good idea, but Google killed it really quickly. Uh, SEOs would, would, were not able to benefit from, from this little trick uh, for very long. But the nofollow, let's just digress on nofollow for a second. What's, what's your point yeah. of view on the nofollow attribute? Uh, it came around, what, 2005. Um, looking back, do you think it was a good idea? Do you think it's beneficial? Do you think it's it worked? Purpose to limit uh, the value of links in blog comments was worth doing. There were there were too many people who were spamming my blog, writing comments that had links in them because they thought that. It was an easy way to build links. Hmm. Yeah, and you, you, you've, you've always been monitoring your comments. So uh, yeah. a lot of people were not monitoring their comments. That was the, the original intent. But then, today... Google <laughs> said, okay, if you want to link to something, but you don't want to give it credit, you don't want to pass page rank to it, uh, Say it's like you're you're pointing out an example of something you don't like much, so you don't want to give them credit, but you want people to see it. You can still link to it. You can use a no follow attribute, and and that'll go to it. So Google sort of planted the seeds of uh, linking without passing page rank. But then it, it moved on to becoming page rank greedy. They told people that if you link to if someone buys a link and you uh, link to it using no follow as an attribute you don't have you don't have to worry about getting penalized for having bought that link no no what i'm saying is for example if you take the example of wikipedia 
or other website, press websites. They they not follow every single outbound link. They don't play right. the game anymore. Forbes did that, and Wikipedia did that, and it's like if you're going to be linked to by Wikipedia because they're giving you credit for something, it's like a citation. It's like the original page rank citations from scientific papers. That mm. concept, and and those should pass page rank. And yeah, agreed. It's just saying no. We don't want to bother with that SEO stuff. Let's just remove it. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I disagree with the use of nofollow. And uh, so, uh, so when 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 Google said, "Okay, we're changing nofollow attributes from hints from directives to hints," what that means is Google's taking nofollow back. They're they're removing the discretion. They're 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 adding discretion again. They can decide whether or not they want to uh, give PageRank to a link, regardless of whether it has no follow attribute or not. Mm. So, so all those Wikipedia pages with no follows, they can say, "We we think these are valuable. We think they're reasonable. The links they've gotten rid of all the links, Mm-mm. so we're not afraid of giving links that are on the pages value." Mm-mm. Interesting. Um, and now let's move on to another. Uh, I don't know how to introduce this one. Maybe you can help me out <laughs> because it's about who is in relation to what and why <clears throat> and how Google could start to figure out relationships um, from a topic point of view. So I, I like looking at the inventors' names on these things, and this patent is another one from Jeff Dean. Mm. So that. Mm. So so, what was impressive about this was it talked about what actually happens when Googlebot comes and visits a website and crawls from page to page to page, collecting information about anchor text, pointing to other pages about uh, what's linking where. Uh, and 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 how they they use that information. It's it's very different from the way Googlebot works now. But they talk about uh, making anchor maps on pages. So they take this page, for instance, and make a list of all the links from this page and all the anchor text in those links. And and they can uh, if they have if there are blocks of links on a page that are repeated more than once. Say, for instance, in a, a top-level navigation, but then mm-hmm. maybe in the footers. Got they it. Can say, uh, we're only going to give these links credit once. Mm-hmm. Okay, makes sense. Uh, yeah. And uh, everybody here, remember, filed July 3rd, 2003. <laughs> so... <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, okay. We are we are in the early days, and we it's a series, so we'll move on to the future. <laughs> but it, what's very interesting is that even back then, they were trying to um, figure out a way of understanding uh, what makes a relationship valuable or not on the page and within the pages so it's, it's not a surprise the guy who wrote this wrote the reasonable surfer mm. yeah yeah they're going hand in hand of course mm. yeah to finish oh look huh this is interesting <laughs> 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 i didn't see this but this is coming back uh <laughs> this is coming back on the news uh, the these days of- yeah, concepts are related and, and uh, they come back up frequently. <laughs> uh, yeah, to end us uh, to end up this discussion, uh, next time we will go into the Google Zoo, Panda Penguin, uh, which is a huge breakthrough in uh, the history of SEO and Google. But this is from 2005. I wrote about it in 2005 because it was granted then. 
It was it was filed in 2003. It took a couple of years for them, the patent office to mm. say, okay, we'll go with this. But it's incredible. Back then, I mean, 2004, okay, published 2005, and they were already into predictive search. They were already trying... I mean, the, this is why I was reading patents back then. Absolutely. Uh, this is very impressive. For the time, I was I was stunned when I read this because I was like, "Wow, this is this is pretty high tech." When when you want to, uh, the, I mean, before uh, the searcher finishes entering the search query. The search system identifies and sends a portion of the query, blah, 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 and returns. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's auto autocomplete without using the words autocomplete. Uh, yeah, and again, it was back then. They, they, they didn't even have SSDs on, on, the, on the computers. <laughs> we didn't have the bandwidth. They didn't, uh, no, very impressive. It, it's... Um, and and when you know how complicated it is to um, to build a search engine, I dig uh, deep into it with the the project Quant.com. Yeah. And Apple has been ten years. They've been working on their search engine. It's coming out a little bit now. Some features this year. Uh, Bing. No, Google is uh, is most definitely very impressive. How? Why, why do you think uh, they came out ahead so strong? Bing didn't take it seriously? Oh, I mean, MSN back then? Or, uh, the other ones didn't try hard enough? Yahoo? Microsoft didn't connect things together well. I, you'd, you'd see concepts and ideas come out from Microsoft Asia that were brilliant. Oh that my God. Wouldn't show, up, mm. wouldn't show up in, in Bing, wouldn't show up in MSN. You, you, you just remind me something. I had this reflection, back, I had this thought back then because I remember it was MSN Australia did something yeah. and MSN USA didn't even talk about it. Well, it's same language, okay? English, Australia. They were like, I was like, what? They, they don't even talk to each other, Australia and, and, and America. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe they... Microsoft, Microsoft came out with a visual uh, page segmentation in 2003. Mm. And Google didn't come up with segmentation until four years later. Mm-hmm. Microsoft in 2006 had a object level uh, ranking where they talked about some of the uh, uh, semantic type stuff that Google started doing with the knowledge graph in 2012. And okay. Microsoft was doing it in 2006. Okay, okay. So, yeah, they... Um... So, in, in some ways, Microsoft was ahead of Google, but... There were, there were parts of Microsoft, like Microsoft Asia. And some of the Yahoo patents were also very interesting. All three search engines had talented search engineers, smart people working mm. for them. Mm -hmm. yeah, very interesting to look back at uh, 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 now, because <laughs> we, we don't appreciate enough where we come from and, and where we are today uh, and uh, really appreciate because we have the unique opportunity of having one single individual who documented and i'm not talking about just a timeline of the google updates okay that's easy <laughs> no <laughs> documented everything that you documented throughout time and the way you even uh, jump from one pattern to another, saying, okay, they said this, but remember when back then, what we explained earlier, okay, how, how you connect all the dots. Uh, and and uh, do, you, um, uh, do you sometimes, you, you say that you get lost uh, in a rabbit hole when you dig with the scientific papers. 
But with the patent, do you have a clearer picture of what's going on? I think I've spent enough time going back and forth between them, seeing how they're connected. Mm -hmm. Now, spending you know time writing about specific patents means that uh, I do have the opportunity to revisit what I've written mm -hmm. before. And like I said before, the fact that you really know very well the people behind those algorithms helps also because you know their mindset, you know where they want to go uh, and what they want to achieve because algorithms are just algorithms, you know. <laughs> you need people to make them anyway. Uh, okay, so yes, I think oh, pff, we, we could have spoken about so many, so many things. Yeah, but I think we'll go straight next time into uh, the the Google Zoo, even if we had uh, I took some notes here about some interesting stuff. But the main value is, if I want to summarize discussion yeah. here, page rank still matters. <laughs> it's still used. It's it's not the same page rank. It's not your no. grandfather's page rank, but it's still matters still matters domain authority beware if you want to use one of those scores please use it on the page level not on the domain I, level and it was created as a, a, a convenience more mm. than anything mm -hmm. exactly it's not, it's not actual real uh metric used by search engines but it's something to make it easier for you to make decisions about where to get links from take it as a trend you know as a, like more or less kind of thing uh, and, and then i would every, anybody listening it's very undervalued this reasonable surfer not so many people talk about it people talk I, about I, 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 I love the fact that it's based upon user models. It's based mm. upon how people click mm. on web pages, and they evolve that model over time from the random surfer to the reasonable surfer. Mm -hmm. They say, okay, let's make our model reflect how people actually look at web pages, how they view them, how they react to them, uh, what the chances are they click on certain links, because we get it wrong when we first started. PageRank was, was good, but it didn't get everything. Mm. We, we evolved it. And if you do it well, the reasonable surfer, you can make it leave one page, go to a page from another website, then another, and then come back to you. That's just a pro tip, <laughs> but it does work, uh, not only in theory, and it's not so difficult to do. It's just about, again, who is in relation to why in does have to make sense and you have to make a path easier to for 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 the for the crawler to come back to you and if, that's if, a job yeah if somebody's interested in a specific topic and you provide links from your page about that topic to other things they'd probably be interested in they'll probably follow those yeah yeah and instead of being greedy and no following the the putting a no follow no, 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 no. Let the page rank flow, please. <laughs> Let it flow. Let it come back to you. Because if you deserve it, it will come back to you. If you design it right, yeah, chances are. It, it, uh, I think it's Gary Owls who um, once said that, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Owls, Ives, Ives, how do you Gary Owls? I'm not sure either. Yeah, it's two I L L L V S. Well, oh, okay, Gary. <laughs> sorry, sorry if you're listening. Uh, he, he once uh, said something uh, uh, along the lines of uh, the. Um, oh no, no, I'm lost. I don't even know uh, what I wanted to say. But but it doesn't matter. The, the um, he's the one. Yes, who said that? If it makes sense, you know. Search is not that it's complicated. You have so many layers, so many algorithms, so many engineers, so many. But the bottom line, what they want to achieve is a lot more obvious than what people think. 
it's really about providing value and we speak about it uh, on the next uh, on the next podcast where you explain we yeah. go back to your beginnings where um, you study law and you first started to apply this idea of cunning the connecting dots or entities before even <laughs> we uh, it became a buzzword in, in, in SEO. But yeah, at the end of the day, uh, search is complicated. It's very difficult to build a search engine. Yeah. But to please a search engine uh, is not that difficult if you think about it. Uh, if you really take your approach of knowing the algorithms, but always re respecting the person, the user. The, the value of a search engine is what searchers give it. Mm, exactly. If, if they're looking for certain types of things and a search engine allows them to find it, they'll keep on coming back to the search engine and using it. Problem is, SEOs don't want to hear that, okay? They want a quick trick. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> you're wasting it, okay? You're not giving any secret uh, to rank, uh, to... to, to I want to raise uh, my traffic by 257% in less than 27 days. <laughs> there are ways to do that. But they often require common sense rather than any tricks. That's something we'll talk about it a little bit <laughs> later, which is how to give Google what it wants future instead right. of what it has or had <laughs> and that's that's the secret but no spoiler that's coming up in a couple of episodes okay on this note bill i wish you well well thank you and thank you for this uh, wonderful episode and next time google panda penguin the the zoo. The, yeah. the the zoo apocalypse when SEO almost died. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. No, no, thank you.